few of us have come from Mantisaja to come to London. It's been six months before, since the last time I came here. But when I heard today we're going to have bhajans, and I said, oh, very nice, I can come. Because it's so rare that I get a chance to see some of you, maybe I'm, perhaps some of you have not seen before, that I thought we could have this so beautiful, intimate space, and then we could share a few minutes. I can check in with you how you are in your satsang. You know? And uh, this is something I feel, uh, please take that opportunity. You know? Because uh, singing bhajans, of course, is so beautiful, and also it's a way of purifying the 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 inner and outer energies around us and within us. You know, it's very helpful. But the satsangs that are really um, offered and what's happening, it is the most important thing because what we are sharing is the the real possibility of awakening. And not just the belief in it, not the theory of it, not the intellectual conviction about it, not the intellectual understanding about it, but the experience, and not the passing experience about it, to the extent that maybe something happened for you is beautiful, but it is just another happening that you will also that will also pass. And most things that we experience, well, nearly everything that we experience while we have the, the strong conviction of ourselves as a person, all this belongs to time. Everything is washed away in time. And if, that, if I take an example of this, that if I say yesterday, for instance, you had a day that was maybe equally as full, many encounters, people you've seen and spoken to, things that happened yesterday, and today it's gone. It is only existing in some form of memory. And memory is often not accurate. Memory is only a kind of interpretation preserved. You see? So what really is true? I feel for any intelligent human being, you know, these things become important. You know? I want to tell you some things that maybe I don't know how deeply you have considered them. Most most people. I don't. I don't need to give numbers about it. But most people, human beings, we we live primarily with a very strong sense of identity. A, a sense of who you think you are. It doesn't matter what religion you belong to, but all human beings uh, are living in a certain amount of um, conditioning. Nobody has escaped it, you know. And uh, we believe ourselves primarily very much to be the body, and very much to be the conditioning <coughs> that arose for us, for each one of us. And which gave rise to a sense of a person or personality. But we see that, and most people, we don't question this. We just grow up with it because it's the way in which we have been brought up. And if I am, if I was brought up in the Middle East, I would probably be speaking a bit differently. Our condition would be differently. Certainly, my religious condition would be very different. Uh, I'd be a Muslim and speak in a slightly different way. If I was born in India, I'd be speaking mostly. Primarily as a Hindu, and different beliefs and so on, and 
in in the West, you know, we speak in most likely in a very Christian oriented environment and we'll be speaking like that. And if I if I don't have any of these, I may not believe in God and may not believe any of these things. But largely people grow up and uh, they don't even we don't nobody encourages us to question our identity. So identity largely uh, feels like the fact of who we are. But identity also is changing. It's always changing. And many times in the past we consider ourselves to be a certain we would say this is what I am and this is what I you know like this you know but as time passes you, you uh, those those feelings change those beliefs change those ideas change those sentiments change so with what exactly are most people never even question it so for the large large majority of people even within religion also have not gone very deeply into our true nature, what it is that we are. You know? I want to tell you a little bit what I have found. What I have found is that in the heart of every living being is the same one universal consciousness. I have found that. I have not just believed that. And that it may take on the surface many different expressions, and they may vary. And if we believe that we are merely our conditioning, environmental, social, political, religious conditioning, and then really it is possible to go through life with this view <coughs> and accomplish many things within the realm of, of uh, what I call personhood and be reasonably satisfied with that or dissatisfied with it. It is the big river of life. Human beings, we believe, we define and describe ourselves in so many different ways, but we are very become limited by whatever concepts we believe uh, we believe in at that time. But uh, our concepts are constantly under challenge by different forces. Some concepts are good, and others are not good. But largely, we can go through life without really questioning. Uh, our fundamental nature. We can just live on the assumption that you are a woman, you believe you are a woman, and you are, you know, 27 years old, and you are this or you are that. We, we believe that for a while. And then it experiences subtle changes. Some things we believe don't really change. Like, for instance, you believe you are a woman, I am a man, I am Jamaican, you are this. Some of those can go all your life and never change. But actually, none of this is fundamentally what we are. You know. What does it matter? You may feel like that. You know. That um, what's what's the big deal about that? Well, it means that whatever you experience, whatever you taste, it will only be momentary. As long as a day is long and as short as a night is short. And whatever you remember will be tinged by sentiment and emotion and feelings and attachments, desires and identity. But they are not truth. They are just our belief, our conditioning, sentiment, and so on. And 
of course with that we can have a life that seems quite broad even you know may even have a so-called religious or spiritual life but what i wish to share with whoever cares i'm not an evangelist i'm not a preacher i don't go around trying to convert people but by themselves some people have come to meet like that it is possible for every human being to wake up to our essential nature mostly when we hear about a buddha or a christ or a krishna or a rama these are beings who lived the the the, the nearest one jesus the 2000 maybe 100 years ago or the buddha 2500 years ago or krishna 5000 years ago rama it's arguable some say 7000 some say 15 25000 years ago the human beings presently we are they the estimate is that we are 7 and a half billion human beings who are currently alive on this planet right now the numbers that have gone before us uncountable uncountable trillions and trillions of human beings have come and gone we don't know what they have really learned what they found within their own experience but as i said this is our time we are the living wave of the human experience and it's for us not as a collective group we didn't come together to say oh let's see what we can do but it's our time to find out as much as you can go if there is the urge within anyone to really go deeply into what this life this seeming mystery is about and uh, i just want to share with you that your real self irrespective of what you have done good or bad it is um just magnificent i'm not giving you a compliment your real self is far beyond your imaginary self or any idea you may have about who you are it is not even a person i call it pure consciousness you know our satsangs are really bringing people into that conscious recognition of the self not as a fleeting experience because all experiences they happen also in time they come and they also pass so the self the pure self cannot be limited to a mere experience that is bound by time and change that within which that which makes experiencing possible but itself remains unchanging because it is always the same and yet it is never stagnant never stale which is the source of all this manifest worlds from time we don't know when time began but you can come to know and that you are beyond time even and that your real self is imperishable is beyond even good 
and it is a it is a mystery that most human beings will take the darshan of existence and will experience death. All that they believe they were and everything will pass. But even though what you are cannot really die, the body goes under some the body will break down, the body will, will change. But it's not what you are. And in satsang is opportunity to go beyond even belief into actual experience, the actual seeing and knowing, not a dualistic knowing like one thing knowing another thing, but a knowing which is the same as being. So I just have a few moments. I thought I just want to catch you a little bit, catch your attention. Do you know what your life is? Of course, you don't. You don't. Even with ignorance of life, life still tastes nice to you, because the consciousness is always alive. What is it that we are tasting that is so attractive to us in our existence? For the most part, for most human beings, it is just the invitation that we have through the senses to contact sense objects and to experience momentary joy. If we are only limited to the belief in our body-mind existence, you will look for the fruit of life in the field of the body-mind experience, and not beyond. The body is an aspect of ourself, but the body belongs to time. Body belongs to time. This is a time body. It had a time birth. It had a time life. It will have a timely death also. But the timeless is inside it as pure consciousness. And that consciousness, for the duration of the existence of most human beings, has somehow been converted into the very limited and restricted idea of a person. A person can never be what you are. A person is what you experience, believe you are. But to really discover, first there must be a yearning, must awaken within you. If that yearning doesn't come to go beyond the shallow waters of what we think is life, then your aspiration for something greater than what you have seen will not come. And maybe you will leave this body on the earth and you will take another one. Because you have to fulfil the capacity of consciousness to wake up to the truth of itself. I don't know if any of you consider these things deeply enough. But while your body is warm, you have the ability to to investigate, and not to investigate by yourself, of course, always over innumerable um, ages, from the pure consciousness itself, from the God-Self, has always come beings who were awake to this fact that I am speaking about, and who can guide those who we can say are destined to be called by a voice whether it's here or there, whatever religion, whatever, who can guide you as far as 
they have awakened to, to guide you into the light of your own self. So if in any place a human being has developed the urge within them to wake up, we don't know. You may be born in an atheist family, but you may be the one that has some faith. Nobody can explain. But somehow your parents gave birth to this form, but not to your being. So something in every sentient being, there is something, a seed of some subtle, it may start in a very subtle way, this urge, this urge to go more deeply, or to go more high, whatever way we want to use, whatever adjective, and to discover as much as you can in the opportunity that this life gives you to find the truth of who you are. Not just what people tell you, because if you speak with the philosophers and the, the, the thinkers and so on, uh, people will say many things about what life is. How will you know which voice is true, even? Because if truth is true, something inside you knows it without study. It resonates in such a way that it brings a kind of space and a joy, a natural kind of recognition of something that you feel it's always been here, but you never quite recognize what it was. And so uh, these days, when I meet people, this is my I'm, I've got a one-track mind actually, because this is all that is important now is uh, to connect at the level that makes it possible to go beyond what you think you are. And for whatever reason it is, because there will always be things in life that is attractive to us, through our senses, through our identity, through desire, through attachment, through memory, will be something will always mostly be calling us outward to go through the senses, maybe through some object, some ideal, some ideology, some philosophy, some some way of existence, but tends to be outward. But to wake up, the urge has to be to go inside. And you need someone to guide you until we are sufficiently mature enough to, to, move, to move by the light that shines from within your own self. This is satsang. If I only have the chance to tell you that this possibility exists for you, as long as the breath is in you, that this possibility is alive in you, maybe dormant as a sort of potential, and you may never realize it. But I want to tell you that you can realize it. You can wake up to that, to a life that is so complete, so full of joy. It's not about just joy-riding existence. It's much, much more than that. Much, much more than that. And this is the great mystery, that there is a seed of awakening inside everyone. But that seed has to sprout. It has to germinate. It has to, it has to sprout. It has to live. It has to grow. It has to become a mighty oak. That other beings will come and take shelter and shade from the tree that you are, and fruit also. 
this is a very mighty existence. But so few are aware of this. I don't know for how long we are destined to taste the momentary things of life for. For some beings, they, they come to the things I'm talking about quite early in life, some very late, some on their deathbed they come to it. But any time you turn to it, it is auspicious, it's your time. You see? So right now I don't want to teach you anything. I just want to to tickle that seed in you. You see? So that somehow if it stays in you, if it uh, stays enough, if it's shaken enough to be excited enough to germinate, then this life you could be free. You could be a living Buddha in this life. Or else what? Oh, the river of life just flows all along. Next life, next life. This body you cannot keep. The person you think you are, you cannot keep. Only what you cannot change will stay. And this is the great miracle, this is a great invitation of existence to wake up to that which is imperishable in you. This organic body one day will be gone. The things you love today, that you enjoy, they too, one day will be gone. The idea you have of who you are is changing every day. But something within you is eternal. I like to say even not just eternal. Eternal means unending time. But I'm going to show you another word. Timeless meanings beyond time. What we truly are is beyond time. It was there before time. Right now, maybe these ideas may sound like ungraspable concepts for you. But if you are really called to this inner journey of awakening, the things I say to you today that may seem to be really far out, will become small for you. There is an existence that is, that is beyond concepts, beyond <coughs> concepts, beyond time, beyond change. The human beings are so habituated to change, that every now and again we have to change. You see? And why to change? Because we have not reached uh, in the field of the timeless yet. Mostly you can live in this field just mm, hitchhiking from one experience to another one. There is a joy in that also, and there is also an anxiety in that. But there's something that uh, I would like. I would like. I don't know if I can say even I would like. I cannot help right now. 
to speak about. For there to be a world without the aspiration for freedom, for me that would be hell. It's it's death. It's it's sleeping your life away. If we were, if it were not this possibility, if this, as you know it, is all there is, then that would be such a a claustrophobic world. There's something so much beyond this. I don't curse this. Every stage has its place, but there's something beyond stages also. Do you intuitively sense this or not? I just take the opportunity to share these few words with you. Maybe somebody here, somebody here. will use them. I don't know how. You yourself won't know how to use them. A seed doesn't know what to do with the sunlight. It doesn't know what to do with earth. It doesn't know what to do with water. It can only respond. In truth, we don't really know anything about life, really. We only dream. I just want to tell you, in truth, you are life, but more than life, because you are able to perceive life, to experience it, to watch it, to observe it. But from where do you observe it? These things you can know, not as classical knowledge, not as informational knowledge, but in spirit and truth you can know them. What is required for this? I don't know. It just has to awaken in you a yearning, just like you have an urge, just like you met someone who is a stranger today, and tomorrow you fall in love with them. And the day that love sprouts in you, you cannot turn away from it. You are just driven by some power to fulfil it. In the same way, if this seed of awakening germinates in you, it's like you almost can't turn back. It's like you awaken to a new day, a new destiny. Does it sound I'm speaking foolishness? It's the only foolishness I know. <laughs> so I think my time is up for now. But um, I just wanted to I don't know. I didn't I didn't even know what I want to talk to you about. I know what I want to talk about, but I don't know what I want to talk about, you know? Okay. And um how this day comes about. No day comes about because you've entered it in your diary. No day comes about because you planned it in the morning. A day does not belong to you in this way. It is only an unfolding.
Not even the angels in heaven know what your day will be like. You can only discover. But you can discover your true nature. And many won't, not in one lifetime. This is not your first life. I don't need to go into that. But it could be your last death. What I mean by this? That one day you die so completely to what you are not, so that there can never be again any doubt as to what you are. Today they say England won football match. The country is happy, but just for a few moments. You can find a happiness that doesn't fade, a happiness which sprouts out of your own being. It's not a happiness that comes because of something, because you won something or because you met somebody, a happiness that is synonymous with your very existence. And Just I encourage you to make use of this life. It's just like you may have some money in the bank, you can spend it in so you can spend it in so many ways and so many things. In the same way you can spend this life force in so many ways. But the highest way is to wake up to the truth of who you are. That's only my view though. Christ Jesus had the same body like you, looked at the same moon, felt the same kind of heat, the same taste of friendship, of love and betrayal, of joy and sorrow, sleepless nights, pain and pleasure just like you, had blood just like you. But his inner life is what he called each one to find out. It is not a person. Whether these words came from Jesus or from the Holy Prophet or from Lord Krishna or Lord Ram, it doesn't really matter, actually. All come from God. <laughs> 